Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Today is the last week of Daniel. Uh, we are finishing the book of Daniel. It has been quite the quite the ride <laughs> um, through a through a uh, a book that has probably provided some surprises for some of you that maybe you had heard of. Daniel in the lion's den, and maybe you've heard of the fiery furnace and some of those stories in the first half of the book, and then we've gotten to the second half of the book, and we said, what are all these prophecies? But hopefully you've seen as we've worked our way through Daniel that ultimately, though these prophecies are scary and are often frightening and leave Daniel frightened and tell of horrors and terrors to come for God's people, ultimately they tell us that God is in charge. And God is watching over all of it. And God knows everything that is going to happen. And we see that particularly today in Daniel chapter 12, which is a fairly uh, brief conclusion uh, to the book. And it is, a, it, properly speaking, this is the conclusion of the vision that we dug into last week in Daniel chapter 11. We saw the vision of the kings of the north and the south and them going back and forth in war and tumult. And at the very end of Daniel chapter 11, uh, we saw that the great, the great king uh, that would later, we would later refer to as the Antichrist will be destroyed. And then this is, uh, the, when, and Daniel chapter 12 starts with, at that time, this is at the time of the end, which was an, or not very specific as we'll see about when that time is. But at the time of the end, this is what will happen. So this is what we have to look forward to even now. So let me read from Daniel chapter 12 um, and see what God has for us this morning. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who is above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. 
Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this, uh, this day. We thank you for this word, confusing though it may be. We pray that as we reflect on your word together, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would show us what this word means for us today, that it would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts today and in the days to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the summer between my ninth and 10th grade years of high school, I went on a, an outdoor adventure in upstate New York in the Adirondack Mountains. And it was a five-day hiking trip uh, that includes, uh, included a number of different activities and has been the source of many stories ever since. But one of those days, uh, the, the assignment for the day was instead of going hiking, which is, you know, walking along a trail to get to a particular place, a well-defined trail, our guide said we were going to go bushwhacking. And if you're not familiar with the term bushwhacking, uh, bushwhacking means you just go through the bush, through the brush. Instead of following a trail, you just make your own trail. Now, being good outdoors people, we try not to break things down along the way. You try to walk gently through the bushes and not, and you know, leave no trace behind and all that. But the way you, if you're hearing this thinking you're in the mountains, in the wilderness, and you start going off the trail, like, how are you going to find yourself again? And the way you go bushwhacking is you use a compass and a map. And so you look at the map and you find the point where you're going and then you use the compass to get your bearing and you just follow the compass on that bearing. And if you do it all right, you get to the place where you're trying to go. But it's a little bit unnerving, let me tell you, as you go bushwhacking off the trail, following just a compass and a map. And you really just have to trust that the map is right and the compass is right. And that at, when you get to wherever, wherever you're going, wherever you're trying to get to, that it's going to work. But all you can really do, you don't necessarily know exactly where you are. You just have to keep following the compass to go your way, following the, following the not path that has been laid out, but following the guide of this compass and this map. And there's a little bit of this sense of, of bushwhacking, of just following a compass that we find in Daniel chapter 12. Uh, this says that the wise shall understand. In verse, uh, verse 10, those who are wise shall understand. And you may be reading this like, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. And the truth is, that's okay, because Daniel did not understand either. He said that in verse 8. I heard, but I did not understand. And so if you're hearing this morning and not understanding exactly what's going to happen at the end of days, you're in good company, along with Daniel. But what Daniel was really supposed to understand, what the real message here in Daniel chapter 12, is while we may see trees all around us, we may feel like we're just trying to make our way with a compass and a map and not real sure where we're going. But what we see here is that God knows the way. God knows the way through. We are not actually relying on our own compass and map. 
We are relying on God who is guiding us. And when we look here for the what are we really supposed to understand, what are we supposed to do, we see it twice. We see it in verse 9, and we see it in verse 13. The heavenly messenger says to Daniel, he said, go your way, Daniel. And verse 13, but go your way till the end. So the command here, what the wise are to understand is that we don't need to figure out all the details. And we don't need to panic when things are scary and when things are unclear. We simply need to go our way. We need to follow in the way that God has set for us. We need to walk obediently to him. But what does that look like? How can we do that? How can we, strengthen by, be, how can we be strengthened in order to do that? We see here some clues about what God, about God's knowledge. We see three things that God knows that can strengthen us to go our way in faith and to be obedient to him. The first is that God knows our hardships. The second is that God knows our character. And the third is that God knows our security. The three things we see here that God knows about us that help us to go our way. He knows our hardships, he knows our character, and he knows our security. So first, God knows our hardships. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be Daniel if there was not an honest recognition that things are going to be hard. Verse 1, there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. A time of trouble. And then we see in, uh, down in verse 7, after it is not good for there to, the, verse 11, the regular burnt offering to be taken away, the abomination that makes desolate to be set up. There shall be 1,290 days. That's a long time. And it's a long time that keeps going. 1,290 days, and then blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. Like just when you thought you were going to get to the end, there's a bonus 45 days for you to keep going. I don't know if any of you feel that right now as we have passed the year mark of COVID. And bonus, we get to keep going. We get to keep struggling. We get to keep suffering. We get to keep wondering. We might cry. We might laugh. But it is hard. But the message here is that God knows our hardships. He knew it was coming. He wrote it down. He told Daniel, expect that it will be hard. Not only does he know it in an abstract way that he can prophesy, that he can send his messengers, but this is part of the beauty and glory of Jesus coming to earth, that God knows our hardships in an intimate and personal way, that God himself came down to experience our hardships, that it's not just, a, not just that of the author writing the book, but that of the author stepping into the pages of the story and living out the hardship and the trials and the temptations. This is what the book of Hebrews in the New Testament says, we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. 
Jesus knows. Jesus understands. God knows our hardships. So what does that do for us if God knows our hardships? If we know it's going to be hard, the call then to walk in obedience is a call to perseverance, a call to grit, to stick with it even in hard times. This is the, if you, if you talk to HR people, human resources people in businesses, when they're talking about hiring, what are they looking for? More and more what they're looking for is grit. Those who will stick with it, those who will learn, those who don't give up when things get tough. And this is the calling of the people of God. This is what obedience looks like, is to know that God understands in hard times. So since God knows our hardships, we do not have to give up. But we can continue to obey. We can continue to love. We can continue to serve. We can continue to sacrifice even through hard times, knowing that our God knows our hardships. But even more than our hardships, we also see here that God knows our character, which may be good or may be scary. But we see that in, in some verses that may have been confusing to you when you first heard them. I thought, what? It's in verse 10. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. I think, what? why? Why don't they change? Why do they keep doing those things? And we see it back in verse 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So wise shall shine like the brightness, those who turn many to righteousness like the stars. But then in verse 4, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Um, running to and fro and knowledge increasing, that's not really a good thing there. There's a contrast here between wisdom and knowledge. The wise shall understand, the wise shall act, uh, shall act righteously. But the wicked shall act wickedly. They're running about to and fro, trying to figure things out. Knowledge increases, but there is a lack of wisdom. And we get the feeling here that there are these people who are just, they're running on tracks. And they're not getting off their tracks. And the wicked keep doing what is wicked. And the righteous keep doing what is right. Why, why don't you change if God is, is calling for judgment saying there'll be judgment, why don't you do what is right? And the answer is that it's not about so much specific actions as it's about our character. The character of those who are, the, the wise who have the character of wisdom will do what is right. Those who have the character of righteousness will do what is right. But those who have a character of wickedness, even if knowledge increases, even if you tell them all these things, will still continue to do what is wicked? It's not a matter of knowledge. It's a matter of character. And we know this, going back to, I, I said about HR people in the corporate world, we'll go back to the corporate world again. Uh, I work for a, a company that does test prep, and it's a great company. I really like them. It's a great company to work for. I've worked there for, gosh, almost 11 years now, uh, in addition to being a pastor. They do a lot of things really well. And so as a good company, as they see people struggling with issues of racism and embracing diversity and all these kinds of things, they 
reasonably and rightly, they give us lots of training. And so they give us training on workplace harassment, like don't harass people in the workplace. And they give us training on diversity and appreciating different cultures. And to be perfectly honest, all of this training is really, really good. It is a, some people may do it badly, but our, the stuff that our company has done has been good stuff, helpful stuff, thoughtful stuff. And yet, at the end of the day, it is simply knowledge. And the knowledge does not by itself make a difference. And so many times I look at these trainings and the knowledge that they are giving us, and what would you do in this situation? What would you do in this situation? I'm like, can we just have some character? Can we just love people and do what is right? Because having all the rules and all the guidelines and all the knowledge are nothing apart from character. And so the calling to us, if we are seeking to walk on God's path, is while knowledge is good, what we must seek is the development of our character. That we would not just know what is right, but we would have the wisdom to do what is right. The wisdom to love. And this is important, not just for ourselves, but also for those whom we are, have influence on. Those whom we are responsible for. Did you notice uh, in verse 4, or verse 3, those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Of course, this this is most obvious for parents teaching character to their children. For those of you who have children, this is one of our responsibilities as parents, to raise them up with godly character, not simply with rules and legalism, do this, don't do this, do what I tell you, don't do what I don't tell you, but to develop in them the godly character that wants to do what is right. And it is not just for those with children, though. All of us have influence on other people in our lives. And we have the opportunity to be those who turn many to righteousness, who seek the development of character in others through our example, through our words, through the habits we put into place. Really, the secret of where character comes from in, in, in actual practical terms, character is most often formed through our habits, through how we choose to spend our time. This is why it is important that we have this habit of gathering together for worship. This forms our character that God comes first in our week. Habits of prayer, habits of Bible reading form our character that God is the one who is in control, that we turn to God for help more than anything else. Habits of generosity with our money, whether giving it to the church or giving it to other people, with our money or with our possessions, form our character that these things do not have such a hold on our heart. Those are just some of the habits that form our characters. The calling from Daniel is to be those who are wise, be those who turn many to righteousness. And yet you may hear that. I said this, this may be good, it may be bad, if God knows our character. Because you may hear them be like, I don't know if I have the character that is called for. And if we're stuck on tracks by our character, then I may be feeling hopeless right now. Am I really going to be the wise and the one who turns others to righteousness? Or am I stuck on the track of wickedness and continuing to act wickedly and continuing to not act to not understand? And so the really, really good news here in Daniel chapter 12 
is that this is not simply a call to character. This is not simply a call of judgment because the conclusion of Daniel chapter 12 is that God knows our security. I already read part. It actually starts back in verse 10. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. And verse 13. Go your way till the end and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Daniel ends with this note of incredible hope and confidence. The confidence that Daniel has a place that has been allotted for him. There is a place waiting for Daniel. There is a place waiting for each of us. I don't know if you've ever been looking for a parking spot in a crowded parking lot, whether you're at a mall or at a workplace or wherever, and you're driving through and you see these spots, and every spot you see is marked reserved for this or that or the other. And you think, man, I wish I could have one of those spots. Instead, I'm wandering around out here trying to find one of these other spots. The good news is that God has put a spot for you that is marked reserved. And how have we gotten that allotted place? How do we get to be those who purify themselves and make ourselves white? Our security comes from the fact that that spot is reserved by Jesus himself. This is the good news. And we see this language again, this language of being purified and made right. We see this at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. As I've mentioned before, Revelation has many similarities to Daniel. They're both visions largely dealing with the end of time. They're visions of terror, but visions of hope. And in the vision of Revelation, we see Jesus himself. We see the lamb and we hear these words that we, uh, we see a crowd of people, a crowd of living creatures and a people who have washed their robes and been made white in the same language as Daniel. And then we hear these words. We sometimes use this as a call to worship as they sing praise to Jesus, the lamb. Say, you are worthy to open the scroll because by your blood, you purchased men from every tribe and language and tongue and nation. Where do we get our allotted place? It was purchased for us by the blood of Jesus. Where do we get to be made white and purified? By the blood of Jesus that washes our sins away. Where do we get the character that we need? I said a few minutes ago, in human terms, character is formed by our habits. But ultimately, our character is formed by the Holy Spirit at work in us. Our character is formed by the character of Jesus himself. Jesus, whom every Sunday as we gather in our opening prayer, we praise him as the one who lived a perfect life. And then that song we sang earlier, union with Christ, what a glorious thought. Our union with Christ is that we have our allotted place at the end of days because our character has been made into the character of Jesus. And his perfect life is joined into ours. So that as we walk through the hardship of this life, as we make our way through the trees, trying to follow the compass of God's word, to walk in his path, to be obedient to him, even though it's hard, even though it's scary, we develop more and more the character of Jesus. So this morning, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not know what Christianity is all about, this is the great hope of Christianity. This is the gospel message, the good news. 
It is not a call to develop your character that you might not face judgment. But it is a call to put your faith in Jesus. To receive the forgiveness of sins from Him. To ask Him to change and transform your life. To make you into the person you were created to be. That is the hope of Daniel. That is the hope of the Bible. That is the hope of the Christian faith. And if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've been walking with Him, if you've been following this path, seeking to be obedient, put your faith in Jesus anew. Continue to come back to Him each day as you develop those, those, that, the character of habits, as you pray, as you read your Bible, as you seek to obey others. It is seeking the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins that you might be changed and transformed. So as we look to the end of days, I wish I could tell you as we hopefully are coming out of a turbulent 2020 into a better 2021, I, hope I, could I wish I could tell you that, that will surely be the case. But Daniel does not tell me that that will surely be the case. Daniel tells me that hardship may increase. 2021 may be a great year. It may be a year of untold hardship. But whatever it will be, God knows. And God is guiding our path. And Jesus has united himself to us by his death on, his, on the cross. As we put our faith in him, he is transforming us. He will take us to our allotted place at the end of the days where we shall stand in glory with him. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts that you would show us today, that you would show us tomorrow, that you would show us in the days to come what this word means for each of us in our own lives, that we may become more and more like your son, Jesus, as we live out his character in love and service and sacrifice to others to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.